The views and opinions expressed by guests on the TWBC podcast are solely those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views of nor constitute an endorsement by the host, TWBC, or the advertisers. National Championships, Confederation Championships, World Championships, major professional events. For over three decades, he has been there for many of the sport's greatest moments. And now he brings you even closer to the movers and shakers in the world of high echelon tournament water skiing. From the founder and creator of the Water Ski Broadcasting Company comes the TWBC Podcast. And now here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. All right, then. Greetings, salutations, one and all. Uh, this is the aforementioned uh, Tony Lightfoot, and you are tuned in to the TWBC podcast. And uh, great to have you on board. A special episode we have today uh, because uh, for the, for about the second time in, uh, in less than 12 months, I have the privilege of uh, talking to the uh, International Water Ski and Wakeboard Federation uh, uh, Presidente, uh, uh, Jose Antonio uh, Perez Priego. And uh, I'll be I'll be asking him some uh, some questions on a whole variety of different issues. But uh, let me first introduce you to to Jose. How are you doing, sir? Hi, uh, Tony. Very nice to be part of your webcast again. Your podcast, sorry, again. Okay, and um, I'm sure you'll be uh, watching the uh, the webcasts uh, going on uh, this summer as well with TWBC. So, you looking forward uh, to the new season uh, to come ahead? Yes, of course. That's why I said the webcast. I, I, I hear your voice and I immediately picture somebody doing slalom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, you did an amazing job last season and uh, we're looking forward for this season. Yes, indeed. A lot of optimism are uh, going forward from the uh, from the IWWF uh, World Water Ski Championships that were held at uh, uh, at, at at sunset. You know, uh, it's it's been a few months now uh, been since those championships took place in the best part of uh, September. Uh, what what has been what has been the feedback uh, from uh, from the athletes, officials, and the, the other stakeholders uh, involved in in putting on uh, championships such as that? Well, um, if you remember, last time we talked, we, it was at the Junior Wars in, in, in at Picos, uh, Peak School, and uh, and then we just a, a couple of months after we had the, the World Championships. I think uh, our team did an amazing job. All the the IWWF team did an amazing job putting that tournament. Uh, the, the the Travers family was incredible. They 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 were a you know a pleasure to work with. So, so for the first time, we actually ran the, the works as it was my vision uh, four years ago. We could do it in a proper, uh, in a proper venue and uh, having the control of, the, of all the moving parts of our world championship instead of uh, basically contracting this, this uh, to a third party. And I think it was very successful. The, the feedback for us has been amazing. I have been uh, uh, receiving compliments from, from left and right. The sponsors were thrilled. They want us back. They want us to do more tournaments in Florida every year. The, 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 the economic impact for the community was amazing. So it was really all in all, I couldn't have uh, hoped for a better uh, outlook. All right, then with that in mind, uh, now comes the unenviable task of actually finding a venue and uh, and an LOC uh, that's supporting that venue for the next World Championships, which will be coming up in uh, 2023. I'm, 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 sure if, I'm sure a few hands are, are, are raised up uh, with, with that in mind. But but for, but first first of all, I mean the the actual bidding process and the actual hosting of the world championships has changed significantly with the start of these world championships, and and it's and it starts with the with the amount of money involved uh, to actually uh, uh, throw uh, throw a bid in towards the IWWF to host these world championships because the best of my understanding it's about a it's about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars now, isn't it? Yes. Uh, well, I, I will not talk about specific numbers, but uh, I, what I can tell you is that, yes, we basically changed the way we finance the, the, the Open World Championship. In the past, uh, every, everything uh, fell on the LOC, basically. And now we are, we are sharing. We, we started a couple of years ago with the introduction of the 
the, the license, the, the international IWWF competition license, which has uh, brought some resources into the IWWF, which we are putting to lower the cost of organizing the World Championships, which that was part of the program. So what we have done is basically we have reduced the cost for the LOC in half. So before you would have to spend a, a certain amount of money, now you have to spend half of that. Uh, it is not feasible and we are not looking for a, for a specific club to raise their hand and uh, say, I want to do it. That, that's not the way that uh, we're not looking for that type of arrangement. What we look forward is a national federation say, okay, I want to do this tournament and this is the venue I propose. And if the venue fulfills the technical requirements that we have now, like if you want to run a Formula One championship, okay, this is the racing course. If, if that meets our standards, then we can go ahead with that federation. And we are asking the federation to fund a, 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 a sanction fee, which is about 150,000, as you said, uh, which is not really a sanction fee. What we want to do is ask them, ask uh, their local governments, their, their municipalities, their, their sport authorities, or a sponsor, or a rich patron, whomever, come up with that money, which that's, that's what we need to run the tournament. The rest of the money, which is almost, uh, is more than that, uh, IWWF has been successful in generating that, that income, and we, we are confident that we can continue generating that income. So for the, for, the, for the National Federation or for the individual club, now the cost is uh, this half or less than half of what it used to be for having a prime event. So this obviously creates more interest because uh, now it's affordable, if you will, for many for many federations that in the past was it was completely unaffordable. Yeah, even 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 taking that into consideration, costs have gone up uh, with, with a number number of different things in response to geopolitical events. You know, so so I mean the. Uh, Whoever gets to host, who who gets to uh, to to send in that money towards you, you 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 would you would you would spend that amount of money uh, securing certain different aspects of the world championships, whether it be officials, uh, venues for congress, and that kind of stuff. But is 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 that amount of money going to be enough going forwards? What with what what with uh, the stuff going around the going on around the world, or is that or is that uh, a fee going to be revised? Well, obviously, as, as time progresses, there's been inflation and, and the, the figure needs to be revised. But I think for the next edition, I, we are confident that amount of money should suffice. I don't think uh, unless something uh, unforeseen, more unforeseen than everything we've been seeing lately, it shouldn't need to be revised. It's, it's, uh, we're confident that uh, that's a conservative number that we can live with for the next, at least for the next edition. Okay, okay, that sounds reassuring going forward. Now, uh, there's a lot, like I said, as I've alluded to, there's a lot of geopolitical uh, events uh, events taking place around the world, and obviously we're folk, uh, uh, most of the world's attention is focused in on Russia and Ukraine right now, and... And and with with that with that in mind, a lot of international uh, uh, sporting federations have come out right and uh, and have and have banned uh, teams from from Russia and Belarus, and have and have actually uh, restricted athletes from rep from formally representing their countries uh in 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 events that these national sporting federations these or, or or international sporting federations have actually uh, uh put it put in place now the IWWF uh under the recommendation and it's important to stress that under the recommendation of the IOC has as outright banned uh teams athletes from Belarus and Russia from competing which may not on the surface sound sound particularly uh i don't know significant but you take into account that Belarus is a major force in international water skiing and i was and and taking into account the international sporting federation stance on allowing some belarusian and russian athletes to compete under a white flag so to speak the iwwf has taken it a stage further by outright banning them your comments on that 
Yes, uh, well, we need to understand where we're coming from. The IOC uh, recommended uh, a ban on uh, Belarusians and uh, Russian athletes because of two things. The reason, the rationale behind this is not just a, a pure, you know, a God reaction. It's actually, it actually makes a lot of sense. The first is that uh, the, these two countries violated the UN uh, Olympic truce. Okay, so so that is in direct violation to the UN Charter and to the Olympic Charter. Uh, every every year before the Olympics, the UN uh, Security Council and it's passed as a resolution. They 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 have an, what they it's called an Olympic truce. So all hostilities around the world. Uh, either it become low level or, or, or outright stopped. And uh, right now in the middle of this Olympic cruise, uh, Russia invaded uh, Ukraine. So that was the first trigger. The second trigger is that, uh, and this is what impacts us really, because we're not part of the Olympics. Uh, the second trigger for the IOC was that uh, it's not fair for, for uh, for uh, Ukrainian athletes that have to stay home, risking their life, some of them are dying. I don't know if you've seen that the, the the kickboxing champion, world champion, just was killed two days ago. Yeah, I so, saw that. So, so, so this this uh, the athletes are suffering physically and emotionally and financially, and they cannot come out and compete. So it's not fair for the agri uh, aggressor countries teams to just prance in into the world stage like nothing is happening you know it's, it's just a, this is just an equalizer so so since we did agree as a as at the bureau level that these these reasons were valid and that they were fair we decided to to listen to the recommendation of the ioc and ban athletes for these two countries we don't have anything against the athletes you know they, i know personally a lot of them that some of them have stayed at home in, in my lake in, in Tequesquitengo. so so there's not, there, this is not a personal thing against any athlete in particular, you know. It's, 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 a, it's a signal that the sports community, which we are part of, needs to send that this, is, this cannot go on. This needs to stop and, uh, and, and, and cool heads need to prevail, you know. This is not acceptable that uh, you just decide and, 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 and invade your neighbor. So, so, so the little we can do about this, we need to do. And uh, there are many other efforts uh, going on, uh, not just from the IWF, from every other federation, like the, the World Games Association, for example, has started a, a, a fundraiser to try to get out the athletes from, from Ukraine and bring, them, and bring them into the Birmingham World Games in a couple of, uh, in, in three months' time. So, so, so there's, everybody's trying to, to, to come up with solutions to this, but uh, the signal had to be sent. And unfortunately, uh, a lot of uh, innocent uh, athletes from the Russia and Belarus are, are suffering. The same as uh, uh, innocent athletes uh, from Ukraine are suffering, even they're paying with their lives, you know? So mm -hmm. that's, I, I, don't see, I don't see how we, we can balance this. Well, well, one, well, one way that uh, that many of the other international sporting federations have tried to balance it in, in, in short of outright banning athletes from Belarus uh, and and Russia in particular is is they've they've created like a white flag type deal where to where those athletes uh, if if they want to compete, fine, but you just have to sign something to say I'm no longer. Uh, representing my my country of origin, whether it be Russia or Belarus, I'll continue to ski under the un, under the white flag and uh, and, be, and basically take on the consequences uh, thereafter. What was was that ever considered into the mix? Whenever the vote was taken among the uh, the IWWF uh, uh, board members, uh, so to speak. Yes, yes, it was considered, and we decided not to go that way because we do not want to harm or put in jeopardy the Belarusians or Russian athletes. If we, if we make them sign that they, they renounce their country and they're against all of this, it will have consequences on their countries, on their families. So, so we have no right to do that. So, so, so we would not ask the, the athletes to, to, to speak ill of their governments. You know, if they feel that they, they, the, the, their government is not representing them, that's for them to decide. We cannot. Uh, uh, have them uh, uh, 
publish that because it has dire consequences on their family on loved ones and if they are in their countries on themselves so so we we didn't want to go that way and in addition there are not so many sports federations that are taking that approach as far as i know it's uh, the larger federation that is doing that is just uh, tennis or uh, most other federations are 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 following the, the path that we follow I'm looking. I'm looking at tennis, which you mentioned. Cycling is 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 another. Uh, FIA, which represents motorsport, uh, a Formula One, in, Formula One in particular, uh, swimming, and the uh, rowing and taekwondo archer, archery uh, has voted to remove the Russian and Belarusian national flags and anthems from international tournaments. Uh, base, basically, what it what most of those are saying is while they while they're prepared to ban Russian and Belarusian teams from from competing in tournaments. So far as individually is concerned, they've 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 got a door open for them to at least complete under under the white flag. But that's not a stance that you you've just said that the IWWF has taken purely from the point of view of uh, trying to maintain uh, safety between its athletes and their families and, and and even federation officials. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. This is also also affecting officials of the highest quality. You know, officials from those countries are well the same as the skiers. The same as the skiers, we have a, a, a world champion right now that is in, in this situation, and the same goes for the officials. They are they are top quality, world level officials that cannot uh, cannot be part of the, the the championships at this point. We we hope this this will end soon and will reverse course as soon as it's feasible. You know, this is not a forever. This is it, it should it should be, and we hope it should be a, a short one. Yeah, I think everyone was figuring that uh, that. That, that that this conflict uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't wouldn't be prolonged uh, for too much longer, but we're about to get into April right now, and, th- and this conflict has been going on uh, for for approach uh, approaching two three months now, you know, and there does and unfortunately there doesn't appear to be an end in sight, and in, you know, I mean it's. I mean, I mean, I spoke to Daniela Filchenko at least a couple of at least a couple of times already, and he tells and he tells me of the suffering that's going on right now, and uh, the fact that he's having to put his skis to one side and uh, and and basically help out uh, the folks in Ukraine to 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 survive this onslaught from uh, from from Russia. You know, I mean, I mean, the, like you say, a lot of movement, a lot of moving parts are going on. But uh, taking that into consideration, you know, you, 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 you kind, you kind of wonder a little, a, a little bit where your priorities are a little bit in in this instance. For sure, for sure, and and uh, another important uh, consideration that we had, we did have some people from our community, not in water skier, but in other disciplines. Uh, within the family of uh, IWWF that say, okay, you know, if you don't do this because we feel it's not fair, we will not compete against against uh, the Belarusian athletes, you know. So, so, so if we or, or Russian athletes, if they are if they register at a competition, independent or otherwise, we will not show up. So, so again, in solidarity with Ukraine. You know, they, again, this is not against the individual athletes, and we need to be extremely clear on this. It's against the policies of these countries, which are wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I know, I know of one Belarusian skier concern. I won't, I won't reveal the identity of the skier involved, who has indicated that. Uh, that a, that a change of nationalities uh, may be may be forthcoming uh, uh, with you know with with consultation with the uh, the Belarusian Water Ski Federation and other parties in, involved you know so you know there there are there are skiers uh, more than one skier as a matter of fact that that are they're absolutely desperate to to actually get out there and compete you know and then you. Uh, even going to that extreme, if necessary. Yes, yes, uh, uh, we are aware of that. There is a, a set procedure to do that, and if they follow the procedure and they comply with the, the requirements, 
they can do it. It's it's uh, it's not a it's, it's not for us to decide. You know, the procedure is there. It's just black and white, and if they feel the feel the requirements, they they can do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and and I mean, if that comes to pass, then IWWF uh, wouldn't wouldn't stand wouldn't stand in the way or or, or pose any further impediments upon said skier. Of course not, because again, for the fourth or fifth time, it is not against the skier, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, you know, how do you? We, it, why do we have to choose between said skier and Danilo, you know? Mm. Which is better? Which is a better human being? This 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 is a lose lose uh, situation, you know? Why do we have to choose? Why were we put in this in this in this uh, in this horrible situation? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I certainly see. I certainly see your point of view, you know, because I mean, you you you're not representing just one country. You're representing the whole world that has that that hasn't come come out come out in solidarity with Ukraine against this atrocity, you know. So uh, people got to bear that in mind. Now, when it comes to now, when it comes to the whole world, there is there is actually an event that will be taking place uh, in July, which is the World Games. We spoke a little bit about this uh, in in the previous conversation that I had with you over at the Junior Junior Worlds, and how the organization was going along with that. Uh, this event's going to be taking place in Birmingham, in Alabama. I think it's the first time it's actually taking place in the United States. Now, from the from the from the amount of information that you have from the people on the ground, how's the organization of the water ski section of that event coming along? Good, good. Uh, everything. Uh, we have a strong uh, presence around the area. It's uh, there are a lot of uh, nice ski schools there, so there will be opportunity for practice for the participants. The the, the event is shaping off very nicely, so so we expect no no mishaps or any delays there it will be the site i've been at the site it's it's a beautiful site in the 1980s it was the site of a pro stop event mm-hmm. a huge one by at, uh, at that so the site is good you know it's skiable it's well it's protected it's deep so so it should it should provide excellent conditions which is different to other editions you know of uh, the world games and speaking of the world games Again, they are the organizers of this event, the World Games Association, not us. And they did ban, uh, they did ban all Belarusian and Russian athletes. We had to to, to adjust our selection criteria, and because we had to exclude all of the athletes because uh, the, the the World Games organization took the same approach as we took. And uh, the same goes for FISU. FISU had. Uh, I was about to ask you about they, that too. The, the the FISU event was was uh, slotted for for also August in, uh, in Belarus. FISU decided to to cancel the event in Belarus, which was part of the requirements of the IOC, and exclude the athletes. And again, we are not the organizers; there. we're just the, the 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 sanctioning body. So 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 basically, within our little world of war skiing, all of the the, the touch points that we have with the outside of the community, they individually and independently, they have come to the same conclusion that we have come. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I can certainly understand uh, from the International World Games Feder- uh, Association and also FISU for for council uh, for uh, for counselling. Well, well, for excluding uh, Belarusian Russian athletes, and obviously the the exclusion of the FISU uh, World Water Ski Championships over in, in Minsk, certainly understand that because uh, the the International Water Ski and Wakeboard Federation isn't it doesn't have the supreme power of organization over the events those those previously mentioned organizations do. Now, in in res- in respect to the World Games, which is which is rapidly coming up towards uh, uh, July. I mean, some some of the initial reports reports that I had uh, from uh, from from the folks in Birmingham, not necessarily dealing with our sport in particular, but with just the event, with the entire event uh, as as a whole, that they were ha- that they were having having some problems financially uh, to executing the event. You know, with with the many sports that they that they have uh, have to uh, have to accommodate and uh, and what have you. Uh, being being one of the founding members of the International uh, World Games Association, I mean, 
have have you have you seen anything going on with the with the other events that are taking place that would uh, lead to cause for concern about Birmingham's ability to pull this one off? No, no, no. I don't think there's a, a huge concern about that. There's always concern, but not a big one. And uh, in our case, for example, our initial proposal to the World Games organization uh, was to leave some legacy behind. You know, we wanted to 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 for them to help us acquire a, a jump uh, a jump and leave it there at the site. And we also wanted to have a slalom course to be permanently installed there. So we could actually use that site eventually, or the really the the the, the western the western the, I believe is the south uh, the southern region of the U.S. could use that that facility to do to run clinics and to run events and pro events and what have you. But unfortunately, because of budgetary constraints, that that is not possible. So so there will be very little legacy left behind because the the, the, the all the gear. All the the hardware will be leased instead of purchased, so 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 that that's that, that was a little bit of a disappointment. But that that decision has was made almost a year ago before everything that we are living today is happening. No, it, at that time we were only concerned about the pandemic. No. Mm-hmm. Now, now, and in in terms of the pandemic, I mean, last time we spoke, I mean, it was a it was a huge concern going forwards. You know, I mean, with the World Championships just to, with the Elite World Championships just around the corner, and the event that was taking place over at uh, over Corey Pico's place in uh, in Santa in Santa Rosa Beach, the 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 pandemic was very much in place. You know, a whole bunch of countries that wanted to be a part of both of those World Championships couldn't make it. Uh, I mean, I'm making reference to countries that are in Asia, you know, that have that that, that had strict uh, pandemic uh, rules and stuff like that, and still continue to actually have a fairly fairly strict ruling. Do, how, in terms of percentage, how close do you reckon? we are to resume in like normal normal service to where we were before to, to where we don't have to wear these masks and have all of the have all of these vaccinations and that kind of thing just to just just to basically live a somewhat normal life you know <laughs> well, if i had the answer to that i would have a Nobel prize on my pocket <laughs> but uh <laughs> no no well in, in our little world again uh in, at the, at the, I'm very proud to announce that uh, uh, at the at the junior at the junior worlds uh, we had no positive cases. You know, uh, all the everybody that went back home had a, either a PCR or an antigen test. All the tests were negative. The same at the worlds. The people that that tested with us because we did offer testing services at both places, every test was negative. So that's 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 a huge. A testament to the, the responsibility of the athletes and their families that kept their distance, used their masks, were vaccinated, did whatever they needed to do to stay safe, and they did stay safe. So now with the Omicron variant, there is no safe. Mm. You know, uh, uh, I am triple vaccinated, and I got it in January. So, so, so there is no safe place for that. You know, and I think that uh, in my personal view, and again, I'm no doctor. I think this is the way out. You know, this this latest variants like the Omicron and the, the, the latest the 2BA or whatever are milder if you are vaccinated, are more contagious, but are milder. So I think this pandemic will evolve into another flu. It will be a different type of flu, but it will it will uh, it will evolve into a flu and we should be behind us for the next winter it should be. You know, you you need to get your flu shot, and now you would get the, that flu shot. Probably includes some 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 component of a of a COVID vaccine. No, that's 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 my guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, and what I'm seeing at the, what I'm seeing at the international level, you know, on on my on my day job, if you will, I deal a lot with uh, the Orient, with Asian and different countries that I import and export from there, and and. Uh, I see, for example, a couple of the factories I deal with right now, they're in, in lockdown in, in China. So, so in China, they are getting a, a huge uh, uh, uptick of, uh, of uh, cases. And I hope it's the Omicron getting there. And I, don't, I hope it's not a new variant coming out of there. You know, I hope it's something coming in and not something coming out. Because if it's coming out, then this is never going to end. 
But if it's just the, the Omicron coming in, it should, you know, ravage, well, not ravage because this is not as lethal. Just go through the population fast enough and, and, and in, a, in a month should be out of it. And, and, and that should be the end of it. But uh, let's hope it's, it's not something new coming out. Yeah, because that's all we need, uh, an, another an, another uh, pandemic, uh, uh, you know, preventing athletes and our sport from re resuming a, a, a course of normalcy. Now, one of, one of the things that kind of signals normalcy within our sport is the fact that the Moomba Masters actually took place uh, with a strong field of international skiers. And uh, and and pleased pleased to say I hadn't heard of any any COVID case or anything like that, you know, which is a uh, which is another thumbs up uh, uh, for for water skiing. Now, a few weeks prior to that, you probably you probably heard of the whole Novak Djokovic thing, you know, he uh, refused to get vaccinated and tried to plead his case and 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 stuff like that, and. I'm sure there are probably one or two athletes out there that are that are still wanting, uh, not wanting to take the vaccine for for whatever reason, you know, you know, medical exemption, religious, what have you, you know. Uh, what what is the IWWF's continuing stance on on vaccinations in order to to be uh, a part of a tournament, whether it be an athlete or an official? Well, uh, the IWF, since the very first start of the pandemic, they passed a, a, a policy, if you will, that we would follow whatever the local government is applying. You know, if we are uh, competing in the U.S., in, in Florida, we would follow Florida's rules and requirements. If we go to Singapore, it would be the same. So whatever the local authorities are applying, we would uh, ab abide by that. So we're basically trusting their science. If, 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 uh, if the local governments, which have much more resources than us, say that you need to be vaccinated, then our athletes would need to be vaccinated. But we will not, we don't have any special rules. We are not requiring anybody to be vaccinated or to wear a mask or to do anything they don't want to do. I think it's just common sense to get vaccinated. You know, you would vaccinate against polio or chickenpox. So we don't, you know, but again, that's up to each individual. We're not here to judge. We don't care, but we don't want anybody to put the rest of the people at risk because of uh, whatever beliefs, uh, religious or otherwise. I think so. I, so, so I think sorry. a lot. I think a lot of what was going on against the vaccine is because the amount of time it took for the vaccine to become available. You know, lack of lack of significant trial period and what have you. They were rushing to get it out, and it wasn't wasn't in a lot of people's attend, uh, opinion fully tested to to be absolutely 100% well close to 100% safe because i don't think any vaccine is like totally 100% safe if you if you really want to ask my opinion on on that but you know taking taking that taking that on board you know i mean do do you do you understand a little bit how maybe some athletes are kind of you know, resistant to, to to taking that, and what would your take on be on that? No, I, I completely understand it. You know, I completely understand it, uh, and and I agree with it. Again, I, I if you want to give me twenty shots, I'll take him. So, so, so I'm not part of that conversation, but uh, but uh, I do understand it. I don't think it's far fetched. I don't think they are idiots. I think on the contrary, they are concerned and they are doing the research, and I respect that completely. And and uh, and I tend to agree, you know. For example, when the AstraZeneca, which is one of the ones that I got, started having problems, and the Canadian government stopped putting it uh, uh, because they decided it was because of these concerns. So so there is some truth to that, to to some extent, you know. As you say, I think this is one of the safest vaccines ever, but uh, still you have a risk. It's a it's a risk. It's the same risk that you have when you go out to the street and. And, and run off, get run over by a bus. You know, it's always risking whatever you do. So, so you need to to see what risks are you happy or, or comfortable taking, and then and then take those risks and, and go about your life the, the, the way you feel comfortable. But uh, again, uh, I think right now we're at the point that uh, if you don't want to get vaccinated by by reason of um, a medical reason. Uh, and, and that's that's valid. It's fine. We, we again, we are not imposing maxim mandates on anyone. We would want everybody to be safe and we don't want anybody that is an irresponsible guy getting us sick. That's 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 that, that I would draw the line there. 
But uh, as far as the, the freedom of choice, if you if we are keeping the distance and all of that, everybody is fine. And and as uh, uh, the Canadian uh, Canadian uh, Water Ski Association came with a post last year, I don't know if you ever saw it. It was the best I've seen in years. It, it, it said. Uh, it says uh, social distancing since the 1940s or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our sport is social distance by nature, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. So, 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 so really, we are very low-risk sport. So either you want to be vaccinated or not, it's, it, I don't think it will make a big difference. Yeah, we're certainly... For the rest of the community. Yeah, we certainly are naturally a social distancer. I mean, the other, other side of the spectrum, boxing or judo or karate or any of those martial arts, I'm sure, they've, sure, they have pro they, sure they have problems. And I'm sure that you've probably had conversations with, uh, with a lot of the international uh, uh, sporting federations because uh, the IWWF is actually a member of the Global Association of International Sporting Federations. And you, you, got, you guys actually meet up on a fairly frequent basis, don't you, to kind of, you know, network and workshop you know uh various various issues that might be in common with uh, with with what uh, water skiing has to deal with on a on on a fairly frequent basis right well it's not so frequent but yes we do meet uh it's uh there are quarterly meetings in in uh, now they're virtual and in the past there were two in-person meetings one in switzerland and one wherever this whatever this year was a catering in Russia, and because of everything we've been talking, that has been cancelled. So it's going to become one of more, one more of a virtual meeting, you know. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that when you, I'm I'm sure that when you became part of one of those one of those meetings, probably vir virtual, uh, when it, whenever the issue of the COVID vaccines and uh, the. Uh, uh, the the infection rate in our sport, and whenever you raised and said, "Hey, we 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 have no infection rate," I'm sure that there was there was some probably some jealous eyes looking toward uh, towards the sport. Yes, of course, of course. But you know, we we were lucky that way, and 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 that was good because even in the middle of the pandemic, some countries managed to do to run their tournaments, you know, nationals or otherwise. So so and without risk. So so I think again. Being responsible has helped us, definitely. All right, then. So uh, before we round off uh, the uh, this podcast, the TWBC podcast, uh, uh, last year uh, the, the Water Ski Pro Tour uh, 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 kicked off uh, with its inaugural season of a num number of different events uh, going on around the world. Uh, now it's gotten past uh, the uh, the inaugural season. Now we're on to the, the second one. And I'm sure you've probably had meetings with the stakeholders involved uh, within that initiative. Uh, is is there is there anything uh, different that we can expect uh, within within the next uh, calendar year, or or has the format been set and uh, you know it's going to be going to be the same kind of format uh, from uh, from last season? No, I think uh, it was a very successful first first season. I uh, I urge the, the the team that is. Uh, pushing this behind, uh, you know, uh, we were in conversations two or three years ago, and the idea was to get this ball rolling. You know, we knew there were going to be a lot of things that needed to be improved and corrected and, and, and evolution, you know, have evolved. But uh, uh, the thing was to get the ball rolling. So so I think they did an excellent job in doing that. They, they, they created a lot of uh, a lot of uh, community. They, they created a lot of expectation through this. Uh, the 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 Warski Broadcasting Company certainly was instrumental, and this is not because you are interviewing me. It's, it's because it's a fact. No, it's, it's really a fact. No, that uh, you are you're bringing the sport to many other people that uh, probably never had the chance to be exposed to high-end skiing. So, so that this is part of the goals of the IWWF to to grow the sport, and to grow the sport, we need to show the sport. So, so we need to make sure that everybody that is uh, on the water knows what the high-end skiers can do. And so they, they, they want to emulate them. So that was part of my goals. I think the most, uh, the bigger area of improvement that we have for this season, which I don't think we, we actually were most very successful. I think it needs to be more tweaking for the, for, the, for the year after and going forward is the calendar. There has been extremely... Uh, 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 how you say uh, uh, a lot of uh, 
interest in different organizers. So now the problem that we are having is that we have too many, too <laughs> many tournaments and too few weekends. Okay, and uh, so we also want to deserve to 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 give the proper exposure to to the pro events and also the proper exposure to the title events. So we need to come to grips to how are we going to divide the year, which is a very short year in the Northern Hemisphere, to divide the year so we can all win and have the proper uh, platform for for a, for a title event to have the, the undivided attention of the community and for a pro event have the undivided attention of the community. Yeah, uh, but we need to improve on that. Yeah, because, I mean, in the Northern Hemisphere, I mean, there's a whole slew of events. And I mean, you rightly said that uh, the too few weekends, too many events. But to kind of balance that out a little bit, uh, the Southern Hemisphere, uh, I'm, I'm figuring, will, pro will probably would probably see an opportunity for development there. Because, I mean, I'd, I mean, there's a number of sites that I know of, you know, I mean, like the Miranda site over in uh, over in, uh, in 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 Chile, for example, Australia, New Zealand, uh, South Africa, quite possibly, you know, that I mean, they they could a lot a lot of those places uh, south of the equator could could come through and uh, and 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 host host events in their version of the summer you know so i mean you know like i say raft of events in the north not so much in the south you know and and i'm sure that that uh, that would uh, would would need to be addressed uh, in the immediate future i would say oh yes for sure and and i agree with you we, you know when we were dreaming about this this uh, initiative uh, the idea was to start, uh, let's say, start in Chile in uh, January, early January, then or uh, move move to New Zealand or Australia for February or March for the move and all of that, and then move again. It could be South Africa or some somewhere there, and then start moving upwards and and um, to the U.S. and then round up the the the, the year in Europe. But uh, for example, right now we have a, a, a problem that. Uh, the northern season, which is basically the, the, the northern hemisphere summer, uh, you have a, 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 an American leg, a U.S. leg base, and then a European leg, and then another U.S. leg. So, so that uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. But again, it's, this is a good problem to have, you know, too, too, too many events and too, and too few weekends. I think we can live with that. We need to just get better at, at, uh, at uh, organizing this. But... Uh, it's the, the, the worst problem would be to have too many weekends and no events. Hmm. Yeah, we definitely definitely don't want uh, too few events. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I know already that my summer is going to be packed. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, as I mean, as soon as I leave North America and go towards San Gervasio, there is at least three or four events uh, to come uh, to come afterwards, which which is certainly going to be great for exposure for the sport going forward, you know, and. You know that brings me to 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 another point. You know because the IWWF has has consistently tried to put itself in a place where it could potentially be, and 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 you know will probably you know to to be a part of the Olympic program. And I'm sure some of you listening to, to this and said, "Oh no, not again! Not that old chestnut," you know. But, <laughs> but 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 yeah. But the approach, in my opinion, the approach was the opposite way round. You were looking for the Olympics to provide exposure for the sport, whereas if you get the exposure beforehand, you're in a better position to be uh, invited to the table and may and, and maybe uh, given given the honor of being one of the. Uh, one of one of the few sports that makes it to the Olympic program, whether it be in Los Angeles or Paris. Yes, I uh, in Paris we are not there. I no. we did the, the rounds, we spent the money, we were not selected. So that's a fact. Uh, the, the the Los Angeles program and the Brisbane program, which look more promising. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the, the the Los Angeles program is very vague. The the, the process is is not open yet, so so I cannot talk about that. And Brisbane is is a dream. It's too far away at this point. My uh, if you recall, I was elected in 2017, and my period finished in October of uh, 20, uh, 2021. I was re-elected there at Traverse. Well, at the Congress we had at uh, Lake County. I was elected for four years, and I presented my vision after being four years in the in the 
in the chair and understanding what's happening. And definitely, I am one of those that said, no, 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 not again. Uh, I'm not looking for being part of the Olympics, you know. It's, it's, uh, I don't think we need the Olympics to, to become a better sport. I think it, it's a nice thing to do. It's a nice to do. It would be amazing if we ever get there. But uh, it's a long, a very, very, very long shot. And I'm not willing to put resources. We have very scarce resources in, 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 a, in a very long shot. I want to put the resources in growing the sport. I, I, I want to take a look inside, not to look outside, you know, because if we want sponsors for the pro events and we want sponsors for the title events, if we want to take, be taken seriously, we need to have a lot more people doing the sport than the people that the number of uh, athletes we have today. So, so the pro tour is one of my tools I mean, my toolbox to create more awareness and more people getting into the water. And uh, there are many other uh, uh, tools that uh, I have on my toolbox that we're applying, but definitely I'm looking inward. I want to have a strong base. I want to have a strong grassroots presence, a strong uh, number of people doing sports that goes through not just the boat, but the cable. The cable is the one that can give us the, 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 the masses and numbers. So, so, and this is not to say that we're shutting down the boat. No, 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 don't get me wrong. Everything is important, but the, the, the bigger potential is, is, is on, the, on, the, on the cable because of the mass nature of that. Uh, so, so we want to put all of these, these uh, different possibilities to grow the sport. And then once the sport is out, is big enough, then, then my, the Olympics or somebody else might look into us. Like, for example, when we... When, when we, when we uh, started with a with this effort for example uh there was a skateboard skateboard is an excellent event uh we have uh they didn't want to become part of the of the olympics they were forced so they had to create they were they they they, they had to create a world uh, uh organization to 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 regulate the sport because there was none it was it was just the kids in the street but there were so many kids in the street that the Olympic uh, movement say, okay, this is a good market. We want this. So, so that's why they, they approached them. So they had to become organized. They had to create a federation. So this, this is the way it should be. You know, you have the people doing the sport and then you organize. You don't get organized and then create a sport. That's mm. that, the, the, a sport will never grow like that. Oh, absolutely. So, 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 so that's the approach I'm taking. I want to grow the sport and then worry about the other things what about the paralympics well the paralympics is even a longer a longer uh, shot because uh, we don't have many countries at uh, doing organized sports you need to be representative uh, represented towards throughout the, the world we only have eight or nine countries participating in the paralympics so it's it, that that is actually impossible you know but uh, the one thing that might be a possibility is is the youth olympics the Youth Olympics is like a lab for the Olympic Committee to test sports, to test venues. For example, the latest addition for, for Paris 2024, the only sport that was approved in addition to the ones in Tokyo, the new sports, is breakdancing. Breakdancers got their, their day in the sun at the Rio Olympic uh, Youth uh, uh, Games in 2018. Uh, that's where they, 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 they were a demonstration sport there. They they got noticed by the IOC. They got noticed for the social by the social media. They got millions of views for their events, and now they are in the Olympics. So 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 the next Youth Olympic Games are in Dakar in Senegal in 2026, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be uh, an easier place to get in, and and uh, it could be our showcase. But by 2026, we should be in a much, much stronger position so we can ask them to include us, even if not an official sport, as a demonstration sport. And there might be our shot. All right, then. OK, so uh, so look towards the youth uh, for uh, for uh, for the for the Olympics uh, is, is, ba is is the basic stance there. But anyway, 
Uh, we're going to round off uh, the uh, the podcast here. I certainly thank uh, Jose Antonio Perez Priego, the uh, the president of the IWWF, uh, for for hit, for uh, sparing us a few minutes of his time to uh, to explain some of the issues uh, going on. And normally, I give uh, our uh, our pod- podcast guests the opportunity to say thanks and acknowledge people and that kind of stuff. And I will afford that opportunity to you, sir H- Jose. Thank you very much. Well, as you know, the IWF is a volunteer organization. Nobody collects a salary. So, so, so it's, I'm always super thankful for everyone, the presidents of my, of my uh, confederations. You know, we used to meet once a year. We now meet twice a month because we can now do it virtually. So we get a lot of things going. We get a, a lot of projects moving, and we, we are reacting super fast now compared to to the, the way it was before the pandemic. So, so in that regard, the pandemic has, has been uh, good for us, if you will. Uh, also, in particular, you know, the, the guys that help us through the, 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 the World Championships in, in Florida, uh, obviously the Travers family, uh, Paul Fong, which is our executive director, and uh, Ross Dixon, which is our sport business manager. Those, those two guys were, you know, well, you saw them. You saw them, you probably drank with them, you know. Mm-hmm. They were there every day for weeks before and for weeks after, and they made sure that everything went smoothly. And I, I have no words to thank them. You know, I actually, we did recognize them with the President's Award earlier this year. All right, then. That was Jose Antonio Perez-Priego. My name's been Tony Lightfoot. This has been the latest edition of the TWBC podcast. And uh, with that, and until next time, it is ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.